morning. Wasn't that song a blessing? And Jenny always sings from the bottom of her heart. 
And the Lord always directs her on what song to pick, and it's really interesting. She was telling me this morning she's been trying to get this song for a long, long time. Just happened that it was today. <laughs> and God never makes mistakes. Everything works together according to his plan and what's needed in our lives, and we thank him for that. And Jenny, thank you for that wonderful song. You know, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. So many people can be religious today. You can have, look how many different religions there are in the world and, and sects and all these things in the world. But what really counts is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that matters. You can have the world. You could have all the riches, all the homes, all the money, all the prestige and power. People are famous nowadays. They have all those things. But if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Because when you put it on a scale and you put all those things on one side and you put Jesus on the other, Jesus outweighs everything. He says in Isaiah that all the nations are but a drop in the bucket compared to God and his power and his love for us. He loves us and he gave himself for us. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus. That name is so sweet to our ears. It's so sweet and calming to our, and soothing to our souls. And Lord, we thank you that you mean everything to us, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that, Lord Jesus, you mean everything to the Father. He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for us on the cross. You saved us from our sins. You gave us eternal life. And we pray now that you'll direct us by the Spirit of God in the Word of God this morning. Please hide me behind the cross, Lord, and may the words spoken be your words. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Going to do something I've never done before. I'm gonna, I got the message on the iPad. <laughs> and so when I needed to give Ed my verses, he said, just send it to me. Okay, so I pushed one button put his thing in there, and I sent him the, the message with the verses. So, you know, this is high tech we have nowadays. This thing has been a great tool. If you don't have a tablet, get one. Get whatever one you want. It doesn't have to be Apple or whatever, but get a, a tablet and use it for the Lord with the Bible in there and the notes and the commentaries. You can all have it right there. You can take it with you mobily, so it's, it's a great thing. You know, there's one thing that turns people off from Christianity more than anything else. And there's one thing that turns people off from Christ more than anything else. We've heard it before. We've heard people say it before. It's hypocrisy. They said, well, I would go to church, but there's too many hypocrites in the church. And they use it as an excuse why they don't come to Jesus, don't come to church, don't get saved because there's hypocrites. Well, there's a lot more hypocrites in the world. There's a lot more hypocrites. But we as Christians have a responsibility to not be hypocrites. To speak the word and do the word. Not just say it, but we have to live it. We have to not only preach it, but we have to practice it. We not only have to say we love Jesus, we have to show it in our lives. We have to not only say we're committed to him, we love him, and we're standing for the truth, but we have to do it. And if somebody asks you to give your opinion on something from the word of God, we give it. We don't have to be politically correct, but we have to be correct in giving Jesus Christ to people. That's what's important today. 
You know, when we're born into this world, we're born as hypocrites, really, when you think about it. Our forefathers, Adam and Eve, what did they do? When they sinned against God, what was the first thing they did? They hid themselves in the garden and they sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness before God, thinking that God won't see, thinking that God didn't know they sinned, thinking they could hide from God. They were being hypocritical. How's that? How are you doing today, Adam? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Eve? Just fine, doing wonderful. And many times people can ask us how we're doing. On the inside, we're really hurting. We're really sad. We're really down. And yet we say, oh, I'm doing great. Fantastic. We're hypocrites. We're hypocrites in so many times when we read these great hymns that we sing. And the words that we sing, and if we don't live those words, we're really being hypocritical. We read something in the Word of God He convicts us about, and we don't do it. And yet we say we're being obedient to the Lord. We're being hypocrites. And may God help us today not to be hypocrites. He wants us to be honest. He wants us to be straightforward. He wants us to be sincere, transparent, and open all the time before all people. And that's a hard thing. You know, on Sunday morning, we're all great, right? We're all looking good. We're all sounding good. We're all happy. But when we go out the door, we go to work, we go to school, we go back to our neighborhoods, we go out in the communities and things. And the question is, if we don't live out there how we live in here, what do we call that? It's hypocrisy. We're saying we're Christians, we're living for Christ, and it's all good on Sunday morning, all good on Wednesday, but we have to go out into the world and we have to be Christians. We have to let our light shine before we have people and let them see it. The title of our message today is Dealing with Our Own Personal Hypocrisy. You know, it's easy to find hypocrisy in other people, flaws in other people, weaknesses in other people, but we have a hard time, don't we, turning it on ourselves and pointing it out. But what they say, when you point one finger at everybody else, look how many more, three more are pointing back at you. And this message is not pointed at anybody today but to me. I was reading through the Gospel of Matthew chapter 23 the other day, and I got really convicted as the Lord was exposing the Pharisees. I mean, they were the religious leaders of the day. They knew the doctrine. They knew the backwards and forwards, the law and everything. But their hearts weren't right with God. They weren't practicing it. And they even hated Jesus so much. If they really had hearts right with God, they would have loved the Lord Jesus. They would have seen him as the Messiah. They would have welcomed him and honored him, but they didn't do it. So may the Lord help us today to not be hypocrites, but to let our lives be honest and sincere, like an open book, so that people see the real person that we are. I found a, a definition of hypocrisy from the Webster's Dictionary that is so amazing. It says, a hypocrite is a person who pretends to be what he is not, one who pretends to be better than he is, or to be pious or virtuous. And that's what people do with their hypocrites. Oh, I'm doing great. Everything is fine. I'm following. I'm obeying. I'm doing these things but we have to be honest and sincere. Adel said it very well at the end of the breaking of bread. We do sin. We need to ask him to forgive us. We need to confess our sins because if we don't confess our sin and be right with him, it's not going to work. Our Christian life is not going to work. The whole thing is going to collapse. 
You know, you can look at stories of people down through the years, and you can think of a lot of different hypocrites. But listen to this one. He handed out pious stories to the press, especially to church papers. He showed his tattered Bible and declared that he drew the strength for his great work from it as scores of pious people welcomed him as a man sent from God. Indeed, Adolf Hitler was a master of religiousness, but with no inward reality. Now, you would think you'd look at that, right? You'd read that until you knew it was about Hitler. You'd think, well, that guy's doing pretty good, right? He's got a tattered Bible, well-worn, and all of this. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. So many people know the Bible. They know the truth. They know the gospel, but they've never experienced it inwardly. So they look good on the outside, and that was what the Pharisees did. They looked good on the outside. They were like whitewashed tombs, but inside, full of dead men's bones, full of all uncleanness. May the Lord help us not to be like that. May the Lord help us to live unhypocritical lives. One day, Robert Redford was walking through the lobby of a hotel, and this woman saw him there, and she got really excited, and she said, Are you the real Robert Redford? She asked with great excitement. As the doors of the elevator closed, he replied, only when I'm alone. Now think about that. That's the real you. Not when you're at church, not when you're out in the world, not when you're there, not with the... We can all put on a good front, but when we're all alone with God, when he can see right into our hearts, that's the real me. That's the real you. And that's the way we should be. We should be real. We should be honest. We should be sincere. That's what the Lord is looking for, sincerity in our life today. We're going to look at three things today. Number one, expose hypocrisy and ask the Lord to expose it in us. Number two, eradicate it, get rid of all hypocrisy because we can't be a blessing if we allow that to come into our hearts. And third, exemplify honesty. You know, if you want to see some harsh words spoken to the, to the religious leaders of the day, just read Matthew 23. Go home and read the whole chapter. Eight times in that chapter, the Lord says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. He didn't say, I'm going to be politically correct. Oh, these are the fine religious leaders of the day. Uh, this brother so-and-so is here with us today, Mr. Pharisee over here, and Mr. Sadducee is over here, and they're wonderful in our community, wonderful pillars, leaders. No, he told it like it was. He called a spade a spade, as it were. He told them, you're hypocrites. You're saying one thing, you're doing another. You pretend to be religious and, that you're, and, let you, and yet you condemn widows and take away their properties. You do all of these things. He had strong words for the Pharisees. And I think, sad to say, he might have some pretty strong words for us today in our lives too when we get hypocritical. May the Lord help us to expose it and deal with it. I'm just going to read a few verses from that 23rd chapter, the first part of it because the whole chapter is pretty long. But let's read together chapter 23, Matthew chapter 23. We'll begin at verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples. Notice he was speaking to two groups of people, multitudes, all the people there, and his disciples when he spoke these words. But it's directed 
at the Pharisees and the scribes. Notice what he said. Because why do you think he did that? Because he wants us to get the message that they're Hypocrisy is unacceptable. It's going to do damage to the cause of Christ. It's going to keep people from getting saved. So he writes to them, he speaks to them, and he says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Wow. Is that pride or what? Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. And they themselves will not move with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places in the feasts and the best seats in the synagogues. Greetings in the marketplace and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father. He is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts uh, this morning. You know, and it's an amazing thing that the Lord exposes these, these Pharisees here. And he does it publicly. He does it publicly. He tells them what they're doing wrong and what we should do to avoid that kind of lifestyle. Because religion, like I said, is not going to make it. We have to have a close relationship with Christ, accept him as our Savior and say, Lord, I'm going to live for you from the very best I can do. And when we do that and honor him, he does it. But the Lord was not happy with the Pharisees, and he tells them exactly what they were doing. They were sitting in the seat of Moses. Can you imagine that? They said, Moses, we're going to sit here and be leaders and rulers over all the people. And they looked down on people. They condemned them. They were judgmental. They were critical. They did more damage, more harm than good. They were phonies. You know, kids can spot a phony, they can spot a fake, they can spot a fraud, sometimes better than we as, as adults can. But the Lord says, don't be that way. Don't be phony. If you're a Christian, live Christ. Obey him, obey the word. That's what it's all about. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 3, it tells about a story about how the Lord was out with his disciples and they were picking some grain and they were eating it. And they were taking it in their hands and they were eating the grain, which was okay to do according to the law. If there was a field there and there were people that were poor or they were hungry, you could go as a poor person and you could eat the grain. There was nothing wrong with what they did there. But what the Pharisees found fault with is they said they're eating with unwashed hands. And what they meant by that is not that they didn't wash their hands, but they didn't ceremonially wash their hands. They, they, the Jewish people would start with their hands and they'd work all the way up to their elbow and they had to wash in a special way. And so they said, you didn't wash your hands. You are transgressing the traditions of the elders here. And Jesus says, why do you transgress the commandments of God? He says, you tell your parents it is Corban, or in other words, it's given to God, and you can take the money that was directed to your parents that they needed, and you can say, oh, it's given to God. I don't have to give it to the parent. Why do you transgress the commandments of God? 
He said that's what's, that's what's destructive by the Pharisees is they had their whole religion built on man-made rules and regulations. They had it down to the number of feet and inches you could go on the Sabbath day. What you could do on the Sabbath, what you couldn't do on the Sabbath, they had it all written down. Jesus healed on the Sabbath, they condemned Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. He says, which of you, if you had a, had a sheep that was lost and fell into a pit, wouldn't go and get that sheep out on the Sabbath? But they weren't looking at it that way. They were looking by strict rule and regulation. And if it wasn't according to their way of doing things, they found fault with Christ. Jesus said to them in Matthew 15, 17 and 9, he says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He said, Isaiah spoke of you guys. You're hypocrites because you don't have me in your heart. You draw near with your lips. You, you pay lip service to me, but you're not one of my followers. Jesus said, if you become like a little child, then you can enter into the kingdom. You have to become like a little child. These Pharisees said, oh, I'm, that's beneath me, that's beneath me. We're Jews, we're of Abraham, we're of Moses. They were hypocrites. They wanted to be called rabbi, rabbi. They wanted to have the best seats in the house. They wanted to have the best titles, the best things. That's not what Christianity is about. It's being a servant. It's being those who serve the Lord and honor him in our lives. But you know, pride is so destructive, and that's what they had. They had spiritual pride, and what's amazing about it is they allowed that to harm so many people. You know, Jesus taught humility, and he practiced humility. He taught love, he showed love. He healed people, he cared for people. He went out to the common man and rescued the blind and the sick and the and the demon possessed, and he healed those people. May the Lord help us to do it. One thing the Pharisees emphasize is that they always had to look good on the outside. They had to look good on the outside, and they didn't care as much or at all about what was on the inside. Yes, pride blinds us to our own flaws. It blinds us to our own weaknesses, our own sins, and our own failures. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he says you've got to cast out the log or the plank that's in your own eye before you can go and take the little speck out of your brother's eye. I mean, I mean, Jesus, when he taught these parables and gave these stories, it's really realistic. I mean, it's, so, it's a word picture. Can you imagine this person walking around with this big log in his eye? How can he then be able to reach down and pick out the, the speck? It doesn't work. You can't do it. And we get convicted because sometimes we feel, feel that way too. We come, become judgmental, and God doesn't want us to be that way. But eight times the Lord said to them, Woe to you, Pharisees and scribes, hypocrites. Jesus denounced them because they looked good on the outside, but not on the inside. They fooled everybody but God. And that's what happens with hypocrites. It eventually catches up with you because you can't live a double life. You can't wear two faces. You can't be a Christian here and with the non-unsaved unbelievers be like them, it doesn't work. Your whole life will fall like a house of cards or like a line of dominoes. It's going to come down. If we're not honest, if we're not sincere, if we're not straightforward, the whole thing is going to fail. It's not going to work. 
Jesus said of the Pharisees in chapter 12 of John, he said it in verse 43, they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Or in other words, they loved the favor, the approval, the applause of men more than God. That's sad, isn't it? If we ever get to that point where our reputation is more important than our character, what we are on the outside more important than on the inside, we're going to be failing because God wants us to seek his approval. What does the Lord think of what I said? What does the Lord think of what I did? What does the Lord think of the way I'm living my life? Not what does other people think. What do other people think? It's easy sometimes to please the boss, to please our parents even, to please our, our spouses, but the hardest thing is to please the Lord, to seek his approval and to do it on a consistent daily basis. Otherwise, we can't have a platform to speak for Christ. If people look at us and they say, Dean's a hypocrite, look how he talks. Look, look, listen to the jokes he tells. Listen to the language he uses. Listen to the places he goes. He's no different than us. He's a hypocrite. May God help us to live Christ in such a way as they won't say we're hypocrites, but they'll say, this person's serious about Jesus. They might say, I disagree with him, but they'll say, one thing I can't say about him is he does live what he believes. And that's, that's the main thing, to live what we believe. Well, a rather pompous-looking deacon, <laughs> not that we have any pompous <laughs> deacons in our church, right? Because I'd be pointing the finger at myself, too. But no, but he said, a rather pompous-looking deacon was endeavoring to impress upon a class of boys the importance of living the Christian life. You can just imagine him. He's got the shirt and tie on, and he's strict, and he's, he's just uh, uh, doing that to the kids. He's, he says, why do people call me a Christian? The man asked. After a moment's pause, one youngster said, well, maybe it's because they don't know you. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe it's because they don't know you. If they knew you like we knew you, they might not say you're a Christian. That is sad, folks. That is sad. Because we have to let our light shine. We have to let Christ have control, and then people will see that we're Christians. The Christians were first called Christians in Antioch because they were followers of Christ, and they lived for him. Yes, kids can see through us, can't they? They really can. And I read kind of a humorous story, and I kind of laughed out, uh, out loud like I was preparing this yesterday. Listen to this. On one blistering hot day when they had gotten, had guests over for dinner, mother asked four-year-old Johnny to return thanks. And sometimes we go over to Randy and Natalie's house, and Jordy prays, or, you know, it's cute. It's great. Well, she asked four-year-old Johnny to return thanks. And he said this, but I don't know what to say. Oh, just say what you hear me say, his mother replied. Okay. <laughs> Obediently, the boy bowed his head and mumbled, Oh, Lord, why did we invite these people over on such a hot day? <laughs> she heard his mother, he heard his mother say it. <clears throat> you know, if you don't want people <laughs> to repeat what you say, you better say the right, the right things. There was some, sometimes people, they get these birds, these like uh, parakeets, or they get these minor birds, or people, these talking birds. You better be careful what you say around those birds, because they're going to say everything that you say. So you better say amen and praise the Lord, and 
those kind of things because you have to be so, so careful. Yeah, our whole life, our whole life is lived for Christ as Christians. But if our lives are not genuine and sincere, it's going to come out. You can't hide a secretive life for that long. It's going to come out. You can't be uh, holding these things in. I told the story about years ago how I was over in Alameda on a Sunday afternoon. Now, we just broke bread that morning. We went to church, heard the word of God. Everything was great. And this brother and I were over there doing some evangelism in Alameda, and we're walking down the street, and I don't know if it was me or the other brother that saw first, but we looked through, and there was the door open to the bar, and there was that man who broke bread with us this, in that morning, claiming to be a Christian, claiming to love the Lord Jesus, Breaking bread that morning and that afternoon, seeing him at the bar drinking, it shocked me. I was a young person in, the, in faith, and I couldn't believe it. And we went back and we told the elders. They tried to deal with him. He wouldn't listen to the elders. We did it exactly the scriptural pattern. We talked to him first. He wouldn't listen to us. Then we went to the elders. They went to him. Wouldn't listen to them. And it was so sad. It's just he was, trying, he was living a secret life. He looked like a Christian. He talked like a Christian. We thought he was a Christian, saved and everything. But he was living a double life. He was living for the world and not for Christ. He was not saved. And so sad. You know, we have to stop pretending. We have to stop acting. We have to stop the veneers in our life. And we have to be honest and sincere before the Lord. May the Lord help us not to be phony, not to be fake, not to be a fraud. Because... Hypocrites preach by the yard, but practice by the inch. And I could hear Bill McDonald saying that. That's one he would use all the time. So true. Preach by the yard, but practice by the inch. But we want to be doers of the word. James was so strong in his letter. He said, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And if you're a hearer of the word and it doesn't affect your heart, you're not going to make it. Your Christian walk's not going to make it. We have to be right with God. We have to be unhypocritical. So that's the key to our lives today. We have to expose it and we have to expel or eradicate all hypocrisy from our life. We can't wear two masks, two, two faces when we do that. Someone once said, no man for any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered out to which may be true. The question is, will the real Dean Allen please stand up? You know, if, if you're one Dean Allen here and another Dean Allen there and another Dean Allen there, you get confused. Which one really are you? There was an old show on TV and they would have it, Truth or Consequences, right? And <laughs> they would have three people and let's say they were all school teachers, Adam. Let's say that the one person is supposed to be a school teacher, let's say a famous school teacher, and then they have two others that are imposters. And so they ask questions, and you ask questions, and then you have to guess which one is telling the truth and which ones are lying. Which one is the real Adam Knoll, right? And which one are the, are the imposters? And then it's kind of funny because you think you're kind of playing at home, right? I think it's this one or I think it's that one. And then all of a sudden, uh, they tell you, will the real Adam Knoll please stand up? And the real one stands up and they clap for him and everything and they tell his story and everything like that. 
But it's so sad when we have three different ways we are. One way at church, one way at home, one way at work. It doesn't work that way. We have to be the same everywhere all the time. And I think there's three keys to that. Three keys to avoiding hypocrisy in our life. Number one, be honest with God. He already knows. He already knows us through and through. That's why the psalmist prayed, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Be honest with God. Confess your sins. Confess my sins. Keep short accounts with the Lord. Don't say it's okay. It's a minor thing. It's, a, it's not a major one. We have to say every sin is major because it affects our relationship to Christ. We need to confess it and he will forgive us and he will solve it. Secondly, we have to be honest with ourselves. So many times we're not honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to say, I don't know all the answers. I don't know how to solve this problem. I don't think I can make it on my own. We have to be honest. And the Lord says, admit your weakness. You know, if you get somebody up there, like we were talking Super Bowl, right? You get up there, you get the player on the winning team, that person's not going to say, well, I'm weak. I'm vulnerable. I'm helpless. I can't do it. No, they are pride. I can do it. I've grown up all my life to do it. No. But as Christians, we have to have our confidence in the Lord, not in ourselves. As soon as we start getting confidence in ourselves, we can't do it. We have to put our confidence in the Lord. So we have to be honest with God. We have to be honest with ourselves. And third, we have to be honest with others. You know, you see somebody that never talks about their failures, never talks about their problems, never talks about their needs. You would think everything is great, right? Those are the people that have the biggest issues, but they're, not, they're keeping it all inside. They're keeping it all inside. How can we be a blessing to others if they don't see the real us, that we go through these things too? And so the Lord allows trials in our lives so that we can share them with others. He allows us to fail so that we can encourage somebody else who's going through some hard times too. We, we go through rough times, but we have to be honest with others. So if we're honest with God, honest with ourselves, and honest with others, we won't be hypocritical, will we? Because we've already exposed it to the Word of God, we've exposed it to Him, to, to each other, and to ourselves. So to conclude this morning, we don't want to be hypocrites. We really don't. We don't want to be like the Pharisees that lived a life of a facade. It looked good on the outside, wasn't good on the inside. We don't want to be those who preach one thing but practice something else. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be those who hide everything in our lives and are secretive. No. We want to share it. We want to live lives that are like an open book that anybody can read us at any time. You know, I believe that in an audience like this or in many churches today, people hold on to secret sins. You know, one of the most constructive and one of the most destructive things in the world is the same thing, the internet. Because you can go onto the internet and find wonderful things, right? You can get illustrations, quotations, uh, you can get sermons, you can get helpful things for your job, you can get many valuable things, but there's a dark side to it too. The dark side of the internet is pornography and all these wicked things are out there.
And many Christians are on their computer at night under the secrecy of darkness and they're in dabbling with these things and it's destructive. It's destroying families, it's destroying homes, it's destroying churches, it's destroying people all over this world, the internet, because it brings sin right down to where people are. It's a sad thing. And that same person can then sign off the computer, go to church, go through the motions, look good, but they're living a double life. Two faces. Two, they're wearing a mask, and that's the mask of hypocrisy. It's so sad. May the Lord help us to be sincere, honest, straightforward, to live lives that are open and transparent. And when we do that, we will deal with it. May the Lord help us to do it until he comes. And if you're here this morning and you've never received Christ, today is the day. Don't say there are too many hypocrites in the church. Don't say, well, I can't find a real Christian. Don't say, well, I'll put it off to another day. Today is the day we need to accept Christ. Like Jenny was singing in that song, he loves us. He loves us unconditionally. He loves you right where you are. He knows all about you, all your sins, all your weaknesses, all your failures, and He loves you. He wants you to come to Him now. He wants to, you to experience His love and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, and we can do that now. Then your life will never be like a hypocrite because you'll be so happy that He changed your life. But you've got to bring out those sins and you've got to confess them. You've got to admit to God that you need Him because as long as we're thinking, we're all right, I'm doing fine. You go up to person, you say, how are you doing today? Great, fantastic, wonderful. And yet you know inside in their hearts, they're, they're, they're not, but they say it. We have to be honest. And there are people out there that are hurting and you have to sometimes read it on their faces and we can present Christ to them to show them that God loves them and he has a life for them to change their life and give them hope and give them a new heart. So may the Lord encourage us to be unhypocritical. As Peter told the Christians, let your love be without hypocrisy. You know, it's one, it was sad one day when the Apostle Paul went to, uh, to meet with Peter. And he was so encouraged, he was looking forward to meeting with Peter. And he went to Peter, and then he saw Peter living a double life, a double standard. When Peter was with the Gentile Christians, he met with them and had fellowship with them, enjoyed their company and was good friends with them. But when the Jewish brothers came along, he separated himself from the Gentiles and only spent time with the Jewish brothers. So Paul looked at that and he said, Peter, you're a hypocrite. He didn't mince words with him. He said, Peter, what you're doing is wrong. You're being a hypocrite because with the Jews, you're trying to be like the Jews. With the Gentiles, you're trying to be like the Gentiles. Be the same. Everyone is the same. Jew or Gentile, young or old, man or woman, we all come to Christ the same way. We're all saved by the same blood. There's no distinctions. We shouldn't put some people on a pedestal here and say these people are better no, that's what happened with James. Did you come into to an assembly and somebody person comes in with rich clothes on and fancy rings and all of that and you think, oh, come sit here in a good place. And then you see this poor man in dirty clothes. He comes in and you say, well, you sit over here. He says, you've made distinctions. He said, you've become partial. No, don't do it.
That's all signs of, part of hypocrisy. May the Lord help us not to be hypocrites, but to be real, genuine, and sincere. And the Lord sees what goes on on the inside. May the Lord help us in our walk. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you today for this subject. It's convicting, Lord. Sometimes we are hypocritical. Sometimes we do hide things. Sometimes we do conceal and we don't share what's really going on. And so, Lord, help us to be those who are doers of the word. Help us to preach and practice the same way. Help us to live for you at church, at home, at work, wherever we go, honest lives, Lord, so that people will see that we are genuine Christians, that they won't find fault and, and say that person's a hypocrite. Lord, help us to live for you, Lord Jesus. And so we thank you for this day and we pray that you will encourage us by this word and help us to go home and read about more of it in your word. And, and Lord, we just commit this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.